Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The opinions, the panel. So Dave Worsley and uh, Ross Carl are the panellists this morning. Uh, Ross, of course, with uh, Sky Television these days, producing and responsible for a lot of the in-house magazine shows, the podcasts, etc. that you see um, uh, well, throughout the network, actually. They're very commonplace. So uh, Ross has been exceptionally busy there. Um, but Ross has got good news because uh, at some stage, uh, around about December the 15th or afterwards, you can break out of Auckland, Ross. What are you going to do? Have you made your mind up yet? Oh, mate, we are going to be heading to the Coromandel, um, where, where there's not a lot of vaccination going on, um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, oh, it's going to be good, mate. Uh, it's been so nice to be able to go jump to the shops, go down the aisles that might attend and pick up some stuff. You know, looking forward to getting to a beach too. How long do you reckon it's going to take you to get there? Just say you set off from home, how long do you reckon that trip's going to take? Mate, we'll do a midnight trip. The other way of doing it's going to be bedlam. It is. It's going to be bedlam, all right. But however, uh, it's good news. It's something to look forward to. Uh, Rassi Erasmus uh, finally got his news. Uh, He got a two-month ban. He has to make all sorts of apologies. Uh, South African rugby's had to pay a fine. They've had to apologise. It seems a a long time ago that uh, he got stuck into the referees, but it has cost him in the end. Well, I wonder whether it has, because I wonder whether this is all part of the play. Because um, he's essentially been a martyr to their cause, and he's put, him in the, he's put himself in the position as the director of rugby, but not the coach, to be able to do these things and not have a direct effect on the team. So I wonder whether it's a relatively calculated play, and he's not too worried about this. Because if you think about it, a two-month ban strictly on a two-month ban without being connected to games in particular... Um, there aren't any games after this weekend for the Springboks. So that means nothing. Um, the other part of it where he can't talk to media, he can't talk to officials, well, that's not supposed to be part of his job anyway. That's supposed to be the coach's job. So he's been able to somehow get in the middle of this, create a stir, make his point, and effectively get out of But I think that's a Clayton's fight. I think what's really going on here is he's figured out that he can make a difference in the new position he's in and use his stooge Ninaba as the coach, and he doesn't have to mm. take any punishment. I, I think he's got away scot-free. Yeah, I do too, actually. Um, I, I would hate to think... I, it's, to me, it's not a lesson. It's not a lesson learnt for other people to, not to, to, to have a crack themselves. If, if that's the standard of punishment... Um, then look out. That's what I say. Dave Worsley has uh, also joined us this morning. Uh, Dave, just looking forward to this uh, test match against France at the weekend. 
for you, how defining will it be on the year of All Black Rugby? You know, it's a, it's a really funny one because you think if we go through with uh, the loss, uh, narrow-ish, uh, to Ireland and then the very narrow loss to uh, South Africa and we managed to beat France, is it that bad if we look at it straight statistically? Is it that bad? Or do we look at it and go, no, let's get rid of the coach. Who are we going to put in? Oh, no, we already know. We want Rachel Robinson and that's not going to happen. So it's it's a kind of a bit of a iffy... And do we actually care? How much are we caring about these test matches? Well, that's an interesting point. Um, I, I, I'm caring about it. Uh, I'm really looking looking forward to this test at the weekend because uh, it, I mean, for me, be Ross, it's all, yeah, it'll be fun. But for, for me, Ross, it's also it's also a test uh, for the coaching staff. I mean, you know, how, how do you turn around? I mean, you look at a World Cup situation where you play every week against quality opposition. It doesn't go well one week. What do you do within your squad and what do you do within your tactics? So for me, it's a real test for Ian Foster, John Plumtree and co. I think it really is. They've been figured out. Um, line speed is going to cause some problems. They don't appear to have really solid advantage line runners in that team from last weekend. So there aren't a lot of options in and around changing your tactics through the back line. And I wonder whether that kind of one-dimensional play has been something that the opposition coaches have jumped on. And, and really, they've been a little bit outthought in that way. And maybe they've outthought themselves by not selecting the right people um, in, in the long term. I think when you look back a couple of years, all the way to the World Cup, it's obvious that we have issues at the breakdown, winning those collisions, clearing out well. We get constantly having our players isolated in the, in the backfield when they do make a break. Um, the line-out's not functioning. You know, more than the results that Dave's referring to, uh, I think that the real worry here is how it's happening. Even if you go all the way back to that Fiji test, where they were absolutely hammered at the breakdown by Fiji, you can't win World Cups without forward domination. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you've got Bowden Barrett or Richie Moong at 10, if your pack's getting slaughtered and your halfback's getting terrible ball and the kicks are all poorly directed because you're under so much pressure, they've got some real problems up front. And this coaching panel needs to figure out their selections on how they're going to get on the front foot and figure out how they're going to get their back line rolling in behind it if they don't have that bailout option of a Nani Lamafi-style player to take them over the advantage line. Yeah, that is uh, clearly missing. Uh, it's 10.30. But uh, who would we have in there? Uh, uh, well, uh, who would we have we in there got anyone. We, we haven't got a crash merchant at the moment, not that I can see in that squad, Dave. Uh, we'll take a quick break. break yeah. Oh, at the breakdown. Uh, well, that's another matter, isn't it? Is, is Sam Kane ready uh, to come back for a hit? I don't know, for a one-off, I'm, I'm not sure, because certainly that's one of his influences in the game. Uh, 10.30, uh, Dave, uh, please stay with us, and you too, Ross. Uh, there's a couple of tennis issues, intriguing tennis issues too, Dave. I'd love your thoughts on that. In the meantime, Trudy, with uh, a quick news break. Talk, big opinions, the panel. Ross Carl and Dave Worsley with us this morning. Dave, uh, news about Roger Federer. Uh, Roger Federer is that uh, is that the end? In all honesty, I mean it's a slightly older body now to recover from this stuff. Oh well, I think on this occasion it probably is the end. As such, maybe an exhibition, a wild card thrown in there. Would you like to play our tournament? But you'd have to say this occasion is it the fourth knee surgery. Forty years old now. You know, the mind might be willing, but the body doesn't seem to be. And it uh, looks like he'll be stuck as uh, the 
probably second or third best when it comes to actually Grand Slam titles, of course. Uh, all three of the best there, Djokovic, Federer and Nadal, all on 20 Grand Slams. The Aussie Open coming up, and it's one of those tournaments where Djokovic has excelled nine times he's won it, and looks as though odds on that he will again at this stage. Maybe Medvedev could upset that. Uh, thinking that Nadal should be right to come and play it, but this time, though, Federer. Uh, a real shame to not see him play again, uh, certainly at the Aussie Open, and uh, Wimbledon unlikely as well. So, uh, yep, this could be it. Uh, goodbye to Fed. Maybe he'll just play an exhibition or maybe a one-off slam here and there. But when you pass 40, it's not a magic figure, but it's certainly not an easy one to come back from fourth surgery on your knees. Yeah, it's not Stephen Elka like, is it? It's not like a new life uh, is waiting for you when you cross that line. Um, Dave, so when, if this is all said and done for Roger Federer, um, with all the tennis you've watched, all the players you've got up close and personal with, where does he rate for you? I have particularly enjoyed watching him play because I liked his style of play. I liked how he was direct on the court, how he could serve and volley, then had to not do it so much in the end because uh, he was getting, you know, feeling that he would get past because the courts were slowed down. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. He would have to rate up there as, uh, yeah, my favourite to actually watch and uh, to interview. He could give you a snide comment if he wanted. He could probably do it in five different languages, in fact. But, yeah, I managed to get, you know, just Federer and myself um, in the room and uh, one other person doing the interviews. That was great. It was fun. Um, yeah, it was it was good guy to interview, and uh, even watching him as a, a kid, as such, playing Wolfen in the, the year two thousand, that was fun as well. Even though he smashed all his rackets, so you know he's uh, been fun to watch. My favourite. Uh, what about you, Ross? I mean, you're an all rounder, and um, I, I look back at Federer, and I just I, I really couldn't imagine tennis without him. But well, it looks like we're going to have to. Uh, for me, uh, he's numero uno. Yeah, I agree with Dave. It's because he just made it so good to watch, you know. When you watch Rafa running around the baseline, it's not quite like seeing Federer with his all-round game. Um, there's something about him when I think back to the tennis players that I always loved, you know. It was the, the players who played well at Wimbledon who were my favourites, the ones with that kind of grass-court style um, because it's so pretty to watch. Um, with Stefan Edberg, those kind of characters, you know. So... Uh, I think that Federer, for me, is the greatest just because, he, yeah, he's won a lot. Maybe he won't end up winning more than anyone else. Um, those records were always broken, right? But he just made it enjoyable. And on top of that, um, there was something about his humility while being honest that made him really endearing. Like, he wouldn't shy away from the fact that he's the best. You know, when you look at the Kiwi attitude to that stuff, you know, you'd never hear Richie McCaw or Dan Carter say, well, yeah, I know I'm the best. And, and, and Federer could somehow say things like that and still feel humble because of his mannerisms and the way he was. And let's face it, it was the truth, you know? And, and so I think there was something about him that was quite endearing in that way as well. OK, let's uh, stay on tennis, Dave, if we could. And you do have your finger on the pulse, so you will know what's going on here. Peng Shui, this uh, remarkable Chinese tennis player with a great record, particularly in doubles. I mean, she's world-class, but she's disappeared what are, you, what are you hearing or what are you reading about this? What are your sources telling you? Well, it's just really bizarre. She made it to number 14 in the world in singles and number one in the world in doubles. Made the fourth round of Wimbledon, I think, on three occasions. Semi-finals of the US, I think, as well. You know, she's, she's good. She's been very good. Uh, about mid-30s now, but she kind of disappeared and a cryptic message came out via the WTA, the Women's uh, Tennis Association, the governing body, 
uh, saying that she had had to disappear. She was having issues that uh, she alleged sexual assault from a high-ranking Chinese official who was about 75 years old and has had to really just disappear and try and leave the country. And it was just puzzling to everybody. And then on her Facebook page, on her, um, not Facebook, don't know how it's that in China, on her uh, social media pages, this amazing message comes out that you've just got to say, really? Pong Shui wrote this? Doubtful. And where it says regarding the recent uh, news release on the official website of the WTA, the content has not been confirmed or verified by myself, and it was released without my consent. The news in that release, including the allegation of sexual assault, is not true. I'm not missing, nor am I unsafe. I've just been resting at home, and everything is fine. Thank you for caring about me. If the WTA publishes any more news about me, please verify it with me and release it with my consent. As a professional tennis player, I thank you all for your companionship and consideration. I hope to promote Chinese tennis with you. Uh, If I get the chance in the future, I hope Chinese tennis will become better and better. Once again, thank you for your consideration. Now, does that sound real? (laughs) So, I mean... I think that might be written by the official sources. Right. Well, that even adds even more intrigue too. Uh, and people are actually, I mean, the likes of uh, Naomi Osaka are now coming out and, and genuinely concerned for her well-being, her, you know, uh, even if she's still around. Well, there are rumours that she may have escaped. Um, and when I mean escaped, literally escaped, got on some sort of uh, plane, boat, wherever, and managed to make it to either Canada or the US. But again, that is just rumours. And the best thing for her, if she is, alive and uh, managed to escape or not in prison that is um as if that you know she just lies low and finds an official place like you know let's say an embassy somewhere and just stays there and shuts up for as long as possible uh the, the thing is people don't realize that I, I mean i've worked in china a couple of times i've lived in the middle east and seen all sorts of things um, that have gone on there and you know been to uzbekistan for work and all that sort of stuff and it's very easy for people in other countries to go well what are you just you know Go to the police. Uh, no. Why don't you just go to this? You, you just can't. Things are run via the government. And in this case, when you allege assault from a high-ranking official, um, you know, your family's in trouble. Uh, your family's power will be cut off. Your brother won't be at university anymore. In fact, he might mysteriously be in prison. You know, these things can happen. And this is just getting really intriguing. When you have a release like this come out, which is so untrue that it's extremely untrue, then you actually have to show real concern because something unusual is going on and, uh, you know, who knows? It's just a, a literary of lies. Ah, well, we'll, uh, we'll watch the space because it, it is it's very concerning and very intriguing as well. Uh, not so um, intriguing, but uh, very interesting. Uh, Ross Carl is probably the finale for the rugby season, isn't it? Uh, this weekend, uh, All Blacks' last test match against France and the grand finale uh, here at home on Sky Television of the NPC, the Bunnings NPC. So uh, who are you picking? Waikato, Tasman, and then Taranaki, Otago. Uh, Waikato, absolutely. Um, I don't want to go with the evil forces of Tasman um, at all. Um, but, yeah, absolutely Waikato. As a county's man, they're just down the road. I'm happy to go with them. Um, and... Uh, then you know, look, I can't imagine um, that the All Blacks are going to stumble like that two weeks in a row. They're going to have learned a few lessons. And I think the French style suits the All Blacks better. When you look at their defensive style, they're less up in your face and more kind of up and across. 
so it might give the All Blacks a little bit more room to move and um, they might feel a little bit more comfortable. So I think that they might win that. Okay, and uh, we can't yeah, not let you have you a else. prediction. Uh, you, you agree there, Dave? I agree, and Finn's down now, JD. Finn's down, okay. <laughs> that, that's, that's directed at you, John. Uh, John it's the last time you'll be on the panel, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I only just made it on anyway. <laughs> I'm the third reserve. <laughs> No, you came off the bench brilliantly, Dave Worsley. We thank you very much for your time this morning and to you, uh, uh, Ross Carl. Enjoy uh, this weekend, this big weekend uh, of rugby. And uh, again, uh, I really appreciate your, your thoughts this morning. It's